Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week we are joined by Ali. Ali is a possibly the biggest Dark Souls fan I've ever met. Um, he lives in Kuwait and kind of brings an interesting perspective to all of the Souls games. Um, the very first thing that he tells me is he has almost 700 hours in Demon Souls, which is just an enormous and crazy number to me. Uh, we have a delightful conversation. Uh, kind of goes all over the place. Lots of Dark Souls 3 spoilers, so watch out for those. Um, as always, if you want to come on the show and tell your Dark Souls story, send me an email at dguspodcast at gmail.com or a DM at dguspodcast on Twitter. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Dark Souls or Demon Souls or your first Souls game? Yeah, so um, in uh, 2008, I think that's when Demon Souls was announced in Japan. Um, okay. And at the time, as you know, the PlayStation 3 had like there was no games at the time, and you know how the whole memes, you know, the giant crab and no games and all of these things. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I was really look, I was really hungry for games, and I'm not a PC gamer. I'm a console gamer because um, I don't have the time or the money to up keep upgrading a, a, a gaming PC. Um, plus, I'm in the Middle East, so internet, you have to certainly know. That was the age of downloading things all the time, download games, download updates, download everything. So um, it's the, the environment was not viable for me to own a gaming PC. So I was very much a console gamer. Um, so when okay. Demon's Souls, when it was announced, I immediately, I'm like, okay, this looks like a, actually a good game to, to, look, to look forward to. And then when it was announced, it'd be, uh, having a Western release uh, by Atlas, I um, I bought the limited edition game, and um, that's my first soul experience playing Demon Souls, and I played the living crap out of this game. Uh, I I think I have <laughs> I think I have around seven hundred hours on it. I, my first platinum uh, trophy was from Demon Souls actually. Seven hundred hours is that um, like is that all single player or did you get like no no really I was uh, I was very much into P- uh, PVE and PvP. Um, okay, and I remember. Like, you know, the, and I'm sure you know that the scene at the time was still very small and limited. So when we started, that was when they first started, like, what's the meta? What's the soul level everyone should be at? What's the break point of strength and how much endurance should you have? And so I actually had, my level was probably, um, I think it was like 200 something on my first character, my main character. Mm-hmm. And then when everyone's like, you know, the soul level meta is 120. Uh, so I had someone online I was, you know, when MSN Messenger was still popular, um, I had someone online from GameFAQs invade my world and soul, use the Soul Sucker spell on me until I got down to level one and I respect my character back to 120. Um, <laughs> and since then, I've made so several you, kind of, you had kind of arranged with this dude. That's awesome. Yeah. And then um, I was PvPing very, a lot into that. And then the new game plus like seven and all of those secrets and everything. And then that was it. Since, nice. And then since Dark Souls 1, uh, came out till Dark Souls 3. I've had them all at launch. got all the digital limited editions, all the collector stuff, hundreds of hours in each. Yeah, I, 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 this is my favorite series of all time. I never thought that something like this would uh, change my life completely. 
Yeah, I can I can hear it in your voice. Like you seem to be a huge fan of these games. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm right there with you. Like I, I totally get it. Like obviously I've spent way too many times, too many hours on podcasts talking about how great Souls is, and that's oh, just yeah. what I record. So, <laughs> yeah. What, what what is it about demons that kind of brought you in? Was it like, um, was it more of the gameplay, like that that kind of unique take on combat? I that no other I, games are really you'll, doing, you'll, or is you'll it? Be- Surprised to hear that actually I all, I was hooked into the game just from not even seeing a trailer. I just saw the uh, screenshots. I saw the screenshots mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, this looks like you know one of those dark RPG because I play RPGs mostly, and I'm like, this could be something more interesting than your basic, you know, like Final Fantasy stuff. Because I was hugely into JRPGs in the PS2 mainly in the PS2 era, but then I got really sick of those games. The whole uh, it just felt. We're just playing the same game over again, just the whole grind. And then when I saw the mm-hmm. visuals and the, the design, I'm like, you know, you know, this this game looks like it's going to be a little different. But then when I saw that, you know, I don't know if you remember when they were in, it was a Poku game show, they showed the first demo, and everyone was like, what the hell is this game? And like the press was all <laughs> over it. Like, this is not a, it looks like a boring game and all of that. I was like, okay, this is it. I don't know what it was. I'm like, this is the game. It's something grabbed you immediately. Exactly. Yeah. And then they're like, you can- I actually, I didn't, I didn't get into it until um, like after Dark Souls One came out. So uh, yeah, I, I tried. I think, uh, I think it had to do with the, like, put it down. Not having a PS3, was it? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a PS3, and then even when I got a PS3, I, that's one of the games that I tried to play, and I was like, this is garbage. I can't get. <laughs> I can't. This is too hard. And then put it down. It didn't pick it up until. Many many hours after I finished Dark Souls, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I missed out on all the pre-release hype and all of that stuff. It's interesting to hear about that stuff. Like I, I guess I'd never really thought about going back and trying to find like articles and stuff. So the press really kind of shat all over it, huh? That's that's weird. Yeah, like even if um, uh, the was it Famitsu, they gave it like twenty nine out of forty in their review, and uh, <laughs> I thought they gave like forty points to everything that came out of Japan. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so or not even twenty nine. Maybe it was twenty six. Even I, I might be mistaken. But then, you know, everything just blew out of proportion, sold like 20,000 copies in Japan first week. And then just suddenly um, people started buying this game. And then, you know, the whole thing happened. Um, I was I was through, uh, like, I, I, I lived through this whole thing because I was always on, like, the forums and everything. And, like, what's the best weapon and what's hyper armor? We didn't know any of these things. What's hyper armor? What's uh, hyper mode? Uh, you know, then you get onto the glitches, how to do the... Uh, what was it? Firestorm running glitch and you know these things. I was I lived through the, the day by day how that happened. Uh, so 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 Demon Souls has a huge soft spot for me because my first Souls game and I I really I've never in my life I've been gaming since I was a child since Atari and I've never had a series like I really like give my life into it. Never never never. So uh, but I don't know what it is. Just something about the game. Uh, Maybe it was just a breath of fresh air of the way the gameplay compared to like the modern games. Maybe it had something to do mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, that was that was definitely it for me. Like it, it took a little while for it to click, uh, but once it finally clicked and I felt like I'd accomplished something, I was like, okay, now every mistake that I'm making is on me. Like it's not the game's fault. Like it's not too difficult. It's just me screwing up. Yeah. <laughs> and once I figured that out, I was like, okay, I can control everything. Like it's never out of my power to do. Yeah, no, so, of course. And they and they play with that in really fun ways too. Because I think you, you guys you guys touched fun on your podcast is that the game is not really about the difficulty. Yes, it is a difficult game, but um, anyone can trudge through it. Like my first playthrough of Demon Souls, I was like. 
uh, I had like the worst build. I don't even know what a build was, you know, just like really random stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had like, I finished the game with just the long sword I started with. I started with the knight class and I just stayed with it for the whole game. I had it like, I think it was um, quality plus six or something. Like, didn't know where to farm. You know, th that, that kind of feeling, which now everyone talks about, like going to a Dark Souls game blind. This is the yeah. best, uh, the real experience is going in blind. So, um, Mm -hmm. uh, this I don't know. I just the whole sense of exploration, the whole sense of uh, dread, like walking through, you don't know what's coming at you. But it's still possible to be, and many people, you know, it's a normal thing. People beat the game at soul level one. Um, so yeah, so it's not about difficulty. It's mainly about how it just challenges the the norm of uh, in the industry. I suppose. So um, yeah, and then Dark Souls one came out, and then uh, just I bought it day one. Uh, again, I did a blind playthrough. Uh, it took me a while to finish because I did not know how the heck to beat the four kings. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Was it the? Uh, was it the ring or just like just not even being able to fight them? Yeah, I, I was like, there's no way I can beat. I had like a like plus five long sword or something, and I didn't know that that, that it was a DPS uh, damage per second type game, uh, boss fight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kept really dying. I kept dying, well. and I didn't know what to do. And it was the the run through from New Londo, the from sorry, Hiling Shrine to the boss fight. Uh, there was no bonfire there, so it's like that run through was always a pain. And I didn't know the shortcut. Like there's now there's easy way to get to it. You just jump off a few ledges, and you're there very quickly. But I didn't know that I could go through mm -hmm. the whole, you know, the the ghosts, and then through the dark race. Oh God. The uh, that ghost house, yeah, right? Exactly. Like that's the ghost house is probably like the hardest part of Dark Souls for me still today. Probably. Like, so I can I can I can clear the rafters and the archers no problem, but that ghost house will always die. Yeah, you know what? The funny die. thing is the two the hardest things that everyone talks about in Dark Souls one is the the Anarlando uh, archers and the uh, mm -hmm. Capra demon, and um, I'm not sure what it was. Maybe because I had a I was wearing full knight's armor, but I killed the Capra demon my first try. And I do believe now that really? now that I think about it, I think it was because I had poise. Uh, like I did not get staggered by the dogs when I got into the fight. Yeah, poise is a is an interesting thing, and it's it's weird that it's so important in Dark Souls One, but you can play a whole playthrough without like using it or even knowing what it is. Mm -hmm. But if you can actually leverage it, you can you can, it helps you out dramatically. And that fight specifically is like a poise check and a stability check. Exactly. Like if you know what those two stats are, you will be able to get that. I even um, in my newer like recent playthroughs of Dark Souls, the first thing I would do was run through the Dark Root uh, Garden, pick up the Wolf Ring, and then go fight the Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Like that wolf ring being right there is is a is you can get that really you know super early, especially if you know what you're doing. Yeah, so. exactly. And probably even probably super fast if you have the master key. I didn't think about that. But and yeah, and funnily, I, I did take key. the master key, the first gift on my first playthrough. But of course, I didn't know every single thing. But what really helped me with that was the depths, because the doorway to the bonfire is only opened with a master key, and the, once you enter the depths, uh, otherwise you had to go around to the giant rat and pick up from there mm -hmm. so that master key at that point really helped me out because i was getting stressed from all the you know the butcher ladies and the dogs and, and, oh uh, man that, that whole section is, is is can be miserable too because the the run from the bonfire is just so long yeah it's true <laughs> like that's a like dark souls one has some really lengthy runs between bonfires if you aren't careful and it yeah. It can be pretty grueling, like your first time through. Like I feel like uh, Demon Souls did too, but I feel like they've progressively gotten shorter distances between bonfires with every game. Like Dark yeah, Souls Three no, has moments where 
-hmm. Like it's crazy close together. Yeah, you know, um, I was just uh, recently, I just made another playthrough of Dark Souls 3. And um, I was noticing that whenever I died, like on the way to a boss or something, I didn't really care. Um, Like, yeah, okay, no problem. I'll just come up and uh, the levels, um, I could be mistaken. I don't know what you think about it, but I think the levels of Dark Souls 3 are just not... Yeah, they are large. They're huge levels, but the run-throughs, you can run pretty much through the levels pretty quickly in a couple of minutes. And the bonfire placement is very... Um, what's that word? I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, they're plentiful. They're generous. Yes. So mm-hmm. um, Very generous. So I never had that moment. Like, for example, let's say I died in uh, the depths before I got to the bonfire. That was like a dreadful moment for you. Or if you got cursed from these damn frogs. Um, that <laughs> yeah. th- that kind of dread feeling I never found it in Dark Souls three, and to a certain extent in Dark Souls two. So uh, definitely one thing that I want to say is that Demon Dark Souls one's level design is what uh, really makes it the best game in my opinion. And I, uh, by the way, Bloodborne is I still my I would tie it with Dark Souls one as my favorite of the series. I had I have like a really? thousand dollars into Bloodborne. Wow, so you must have gotten really into PvP over there too. Like, I, yeah, yeah, that's definitely. that's really interesting to me because as much as I love Bloodborne, I think it's one of the best games in the series. Like, I never really got into PvP with it at all. I didn't. I think um, I liked it, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of there. The lack of build variety and like the lack of kind of gimmicky stuff that you could do um, just really mm-hmm. kind of put yeah. a damper on it for me. Yeah, what did, what did you got is, really uh, into it? Uh, the thing is about uh, Bloodborne, the PvP. Yes, the the problem with it was the Bell Maiden system. This was the mm-hmm. problem. But the actual PvP itself, um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, yes, there are not that many build variety. There's not much of a build variety. Um, but let's say, because you know, in, in Bloodborne, if you wanted to invade someone, you had to, unless you were in the nightmare uh, realms, uh, you were always in a gank situation. It was always three, three on one or two on one. But in Bloodborne, you had the tools to actually prevail, even though the odds were against you. Uh, like I have a YouTube channel where I have a lot of Bloodborne PvP, and I've many of them are like you know three on one or two on one, and I would I would not find it mm-hmm. very difficult. But Dark Souls three, for example, whenever you invade, it's like three on one or four on one, but you don't have the tools to to actually prevail, unlike Bloodborne. Um, plus, if they use yeah. a giant seed, so you, the odds are even worse. They stacked stacked against you as uh, as opposed to Bloodborne. Um, so it's yeah, I think the Bellmaiden system is what ruined Bloodborne PvP, but I think it was fine. I enjoyed it a lot. I just had I had issues with it, like the the constant healing, and which is now a problem in Dark Souls Three that I don't really have an issue with. But like the constant healing and not being able to really counter the healing kind of frustrated me. You know what? Um, actually, another thing. Speaking of healing, you know, in uh, Bloodborne, it depends on lag and how good your connection is. Yeah. But you could you could mm-hmm. still counter a heal with a with a parry. With a gunshot, um, this was. See, and I was uh, never able to because of the lag. I was never able to pull that off. Yeah, I have. Uh, it's not easy, and you have to time it really well. Uh, it doesn't work all the time, but uh, at least you could punish it if you wanted to. Uh, in mm-hmm. the Dark Souls Three, you you have like the two swipe uh, stun, and then they roll away and heal. That you just, there's no way to counter it unless um, uh, like you're in, a, in a, there's more than one phantom, and you're the invader starts to. A heal and then one guy shoots a lightning spear or uh, some kind of spell on him. Yeah, then maybe. Uh, yeah. While yeah. he's running away. But even then, it. 
there, there's been so many invasions in Dark Souls three that I've done where it's even if it's just one, even if it's just a host, so it's one on one. Like he just constantly rolls away and heals, and like I've I've started taking up to like counting every time he does it, mm-hmm. thinking like trying to count down like how many Estus flasks. Yeah, this it, it becomes got to run out eventually. It becomes a battle of attrition. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. um, and what about Bloodborne? Like comparatively, is that um, the weapons just hit harder if you have the right build setup. Uh, yeah, they might they might be healing. Uh, we're not talking uh, duels here. We're talking in straight up invasions. Uh, in straight up invasions, yeah, yeah, absolutely. With, your weapons could do so much damage to the point that uh, you could really punish healers. So the, they they could like really be afraid of you, and uh, you had a really good chance. Like uh, with my boom hammer, that was of course mm-hmm. after the DLC came out, the old hunters. I could like uh, two two shot a, a group of uh, three and uh, three. Uh, uh, guys like uh, the host and his uh, two helpers in like two hits stung lock off all of them and just end it but this is something no way that could happen in dark souls 3 unless you're really lucky with actually yeah. i had that happen i mm-hmm. uh with a had in a store a great sword and i would i pulled a three i killed three people in two swipes which was very again very rare it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> happen it only happened once so uh, uh but it, i just feel like the, yeah. this uh this time the invasions are like definitely not in the favor of the invader even worse than blood i want to get back to demon souls for a minute if you don't mind sure. um because it's rare that i, fi- I talked to someone who has so many hours into demon souls were you and i know you you mentioned that you were like actively looking every single day to try to find secrets and glitches like where where was that at like where what part of the community were you i was looking the, at? The, I mean, I don't the game packs community at the time okay cool yeah i didn't discover reddit until a few years ago um and I, I, I think if I, if, uh, I was on Reddit beforehand, like at the, I would have probably le- learned a lot faster. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think the Reddit community is a little more active, a little more dedicated. Uh, but I was, yeah, I was mainly on uh, Game Facts at the time. Were you um, like contributing to wikis? Or uh, no, like not that? wikis. Like, did you ever feel that desire? Not the wikis, mm-hmm. but I was always like uh, uh, answering people's questions, like how do we do this and we do that, and uh, like build, talking about builds and. Uh, Things like that, mainly. Okay, very cool. Do you um, like I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, did, were you ever, did you ever feel the desire to like start up a YouTube channel or anything like that? Like a a lot of people in this community like, like they see that stuff and they're like, oh, I can do that and I can do that even better, and they go on to make their own YouTube videos. Actually, I do. Did have, you ever feel that? Urge? I do have a channel. Uh, I just crossed the, the oh, okay. hundred uh, subscribers uh, threshold two days ago. Um. I um, I was started I watching live streamers uh, also around uh, when um, sometime around Dark Souls two, uh, that's when I think uh, streaming picked up a lot and like watching speedruns and things like that, and um, mm-hmm. it wasn't until I got Bloodborne that because uh, I didn't have the equipment and I still don't have a capture card and all that I'm just using the PS4 share uh, videos, um, but I saw all these people doing these really amazing videos you know like. You know the the whole uh, only Afro's giant dad videos and all of those other ones, amazing uh, videos. And although oh, yeah. I'm not on that level of the editing because I'm not I'm not a good uh, computer whiz, um, I all uh, I'm doing just compiling like PvP videos and just like you know, mm-hmm. this is my build for this and this is my build for that, you know things like that. Uh, some you can get a lot of mileage out of uh, Share Factory on the PS4, like it. I've been surprised about how powerful that program I is. Never like used you can it. edit all your clips together. I mean, I've been using the Microsoft Movie Maker, basically. The basic stuff. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, nothing so advanced. I, gotcha. but, um, I actually have one video 
which is my most popular video now, is uh, for Dark Souls 3. It's a Zweihander PvP, your strength video compilation. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, got 20,000 views. This is my most viewed uh, video. So. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think that video got me a lot of people in the last like, two weeks or so. I had like 40 just in the last two weeks because of this video. Nice. Congrats, dude. Thanks. That's awesome. That feels, it feels really good to have that, that stuff like that you put out there into the internet actually kind of take off a little yeah. bit. Like, I know there's some people out there that would like sneeze at 20,000 videos, but like 20,000 views, I mean, but like that's, that's a significant amount of views for like just putting stuff out there. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I don't have the, I don't, I don't, I'm not very creative. Uh, so I, I can't do those funny memetic videos that people are doing. Uh, I just, can't. <laughs> yeah. I, I have, um, I also don't have that much time, although I do play a lot, but you know, I have, I'm married, I have a child, I have a job. So I don't have that, you know, come up with like crazy videos. Like the current guy who's doing this, like Iron uh, Pineapple and uh, mm -hmm. Inferno Plus, I think they're coming up with some insane Dark Souls 3 videos. Uh, like there's no way I can come yeah. up with something like that. <laughs> it's really like, I've, I've had a couple of really good ideas. And then like you do that thing where you kind of look for it first before you put a lot of effort into it. And you realize like someone's already done that idea to death. And you're like, well, shit, yeah. <laughs> now what do I do? <laughs> Actually, I uh, thanks to Iron Pineapple, I had one video up of the uh, Sacred Flame glitch meta. Have you seen this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I was just, I was hosting a fight club in uh, the Pontiff Sullivan, uh, Sullivan area. Uh, oh, yeah. Funny thing I just want to say, you know, everyone's calling it Pontiff Sullivan. But in Arabic, because I'm an Arab, so I read it in a different mm -hmm. way because uh, Suleiman uh, is a uh, very popular name in the Arab world. So when I read it, I'm like, oh, they're probably taking it from this word and not from Sullivan, though, the English name. Oh, I, I, cause, that's an interesting cause, perspective. Cause I read, Would that change? I read it as Pontiff Suleiman, which is in Arabic Suleiman, you know? So I thought that's where they, they, they took the inspiration from. Interesting. I wonder if that would change any of the, because there's a bunch of like weird um, lore theories about that guy, about how he's kind of the main, pretty much like the main villain, like he's kind of the main architect yeah, of Dark yeah. Souls 3, like he's got his fingers in a lot of pies. So I wonder if that would change anything. I'm not really sure, but was, you know, because in, in Arabic, mm -hmm. uh, Suleiman in English, the English meaning is uh, Sol Solomon. So I'm not okay. sure that could mean something because, you know, Solomon is very big in the biblical uh, Absolutely. So yeah. that could still have something to do with that. <clears throat> interesting. I'm have to run that past my, my lore people and see if that uh, see if they can come up. Yeah, with yeah, that. please. Really uh, that'd be interesting. Actually, speaking of Arabic and Dark Souls three, I don't know if you noticed, but in uh, the Arch uh, Dragon Peak, there's a couple of stones that have Arabic text on it. And uh, no, I didn't. What What do they say? Uh, actually, it's uh, they don't mean anything. Uh, they probably took it from okay. uh, from a website and they just copy pasted it into it. So it's just basically saying like, uh, minister, uh, train, uh, tourism, like random words. They don't mean anything. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Like the, the they had like that Heineken can in one of the exactly yeah that one. too. Like they could, yeah, it's like one of those things where they wanted it to look a certain way, but mm -hmm. they didn't really care where they got it from. It's true. I think this game has a, That's has a lot of Arabic um, influences because of Carthus. Uh, I think you know desert, the whole desert thing, uh, you know, curved swords and like going victory above all else, uh, and uh, the arch dragon peak with the Arabic text, and 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 maybe the whole Pontiff Sullivan Solomon uh, connection there. So there are some, I think, some Arabic uh, inspirations in the game. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. There are a lot more curved swords and. Um... 
what I would identify as like Middle Eastern like kind of uh, armor sets and things like that in the game than there have been previously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so too. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you get into like lore videos? Like, do you do you? Because I, I like to eat. I kind of eat that stuff up sometimes. Oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm huge I, on lore videos. I love them. I love them. The okay. I've, uh, I've consumed so much lore from uh, everyone online uh, that yeah. I feel <laughs> there's so much of it. I there. feel like I've become an expert on the lore, even though I'm I've mostly taken it from people and not. Uh, I did try to do my own thing. I made one lore video on Dark Souls One about the occult. Um, because I think it's not really discussed that much. Uh, like, who are the who are the occultists? Who are they trying to achieve? Why did they want to overthrow the gods? And you know, the whole that was that shield. I forgot my, the name slipped my mind now. The effigy, effigy shield and uh, things like that. Oh yeah. They yeah. say like there was a plan to usurp the gods and like steal Nito's power and things like that. So I made that one lore video only. Uh, I just uh, I think again I'm not that creative to come up with like a really nice text. And nice like visuals that go along with the video, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm, I eat that mm-hmm. all that stuff it's... up. What's your um you kind of have like a favorite running theory on Dark Souls 3 right now? Um like do you have a particular character or like a, a particular area that you're particularly fond of? I'm I'm really interested in the whole Londor uh, table church uh, side uh, storyline. The thing is about Dark Souls yeah. 3 is that I think it's not that cryptic. And there's, it, most of it is laid out ahead of, in front of you. Uh, mm-hmm. the, that's the, my biggest mystery is the whole Londor thing. And then, you know, the whole untended graves. Is this like an alternate universe? Uh, is this the past? Is this the future? We don't, this is, this is something that's cryptic. Uh, yeah. But I think otherwise, I'm, I don't feel uh, that it's, it, there's going to be that many lore videos on Dark Souls 3. As opposed to Dark Souls yeah. 1. I don't feel like there's a lot of, um, unless the DLC like raises more questions. Like I feel like Dark Souls One has a lot of questions. Like you mentioned, like the occult stuff or like who Velka is mm-hmm. and things like that that don't necessarily get answered or addressed. Versus Dark Souls Three, where it's it's more about answering questions. Mm-hmm. Like we find out who Gwen Sun is. Yeah, and we exactly. Find out, like they 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 kind of like put the they put put a period on a lot of this stuff, which is fine. Like that's the I'm last sure there's game a lot the of people and this, who, are, uh, worry, who are now sad that it's not Solaire. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah like that for example like uh, like you said like there was a whole lot of people talking about Gwyn's firstborn and everything so now the answer, that question's answered so there's not much to say about it I'm just gonna say oh hey by the way this is it actually there is one yeah, person is I happened. think um, I'm not sure I forgot his name I think it's uh, Louis, Mad Luigi or something like that he made a lore video on the nameless king and it was just like five minutes long because there's not much to say <laughs> Because it's just reading the item description. Basically, it's like, and that's it, you know? <laughs> there is one particular yeah. small speculation, like what was uh, Ornstein doing there. Yeah, yeah. But even though it, it's pretty much not, you know, you can basically say, yeah, he just went to see him and then that was it. But I think you can't really dwell on it too much. I'm kind of curious about... Um... Guinevere, like after finishing Dark Souls three, and I was the reason it's in my mind is because I was talking about it this morning with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we we never actually see Guinevere in the game mm-hmm. in any of the games. Like, there's the illusion, yeah, but that's so obviously an illusion, like for so many reasons. But it seems like all of Gwen's kids, um, like Gwendolyn, has like the weird tentacle thing, mm-hmm. and then uh, the Dark Moon Lady and in, in Dark Souls three, Yorsha, Yorsha, right? uh, yeah, I don't remember her name. 
Yoshika. Um, she has like weird tentacles around her neck too, mm-hmm. and like a very obvious tail. And you know, with the rumor that like Priscilla might be related to Gwen somehow, yeah. like I just I feel like Guinevere is like there's a story to be told with Guinevere that. I don't think we just have enough information. I think like, I'm I, not, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see someone dig into I'm that. I'm not sure, but I think uh, Guinevere has something to do with Gertrude. Um, and maybe something to do with Rosaria. Uh, I've seen this floating around. Uh, I'm not that keen on uh, talking too much because I'm not well aware of everything going on. But I do believe that it has something to do with that. Yeah. I've seen people talking about uh, the angelic faith and things like that. I've seen people talk about it. Yeah, there's some there's some weird stuff. I'm hoping somebody that's not me digs into that and spends a lot of time and effort doing it so I can watch it on for in ten minutes on YouTube. I think someone actually <laughs> did. Uh, I have it on watch later. Um, I can send that to you. Uh, I didn't watch it yet. Yeah, sure. But yeah. It's, uh, there somewhere. I have it on watch later. Um, kind of bouncing all over the place there, but um, yeah. like talk about uh, aesthetics a little bit, like. Mm-hmm. Demon Souls is so obviously different from the Souls game, which is in itself very, very different from the Bloodborne game that we have. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a, a preference in, throughout the three of them? Because I kind of lean towards uh, the Bloodborne aesthetic or even Demon Souls, which I think shares some DNA. Like, do you have a, a preference for uh, you're, you, one kind of style or world? I think you hit it on the nail. Is that uh, yeah, Bloodborne and Demon Souls, uh, the aesthetics and the atmosphere is uh, for me a much more appealing than the Dark Souls uh, series, and I think. Um, they hit the whole dark fantasy, dark oppressive na- uh, nature of the game much better than the Souls State games. Um, I was just thinking about it today. Like I didn't, I don't recall any of the levels of saying Dark Souls Three, for example, since it's the most recent. But that really gave me that sense of dread. They did try in the Erythil dungeon. They tried, mm-hmm. but it was um, it didn't hit the nail like late Latria. Latria just kept kept me freaking out for days. I was really scared to get into that level. Like, oh no, I cannot do this. It was psychologically difficult for me to go through it. I thought I was playing like a Silent Hill game or something. Um, so that's the kind of thing that I look uh, look to, uh, like the, the hell sense of dread. Like, do you remember like going to Upper Cathedral Ward in Bloodborne? Um, that's something that I don't think Dark Souls has been able to capture. But I do think that has something to do with. Um, I, I'm like, I, so when you, for example, go to Upper Cathedral Ward. And Bloodborne. Um, I don't think there's a level like that in Dark Souls series that really gave, gave me that feeling. Um, maybe, maybe the Undepth Crypt in Dark Souls 2 and uh, mm-hmm. New Londo, maybe, but I think they didn't. I, I, I like the, the aesthetics of Bloodborne and Demon Souls better. And I think that's what gives it's all, just a bunch of things put together because Dark Souls does a lot yeah, of good yeah. things better than the other games. But I think the atmosphere is something that is not on par, I think. Even though I love the series, I love Dark Souls. I mean, I like that this the atmosphere of Demon Souls and Bloodborne a lot better. It's more cohesive uh, as a whole. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've talked about this before, but I feel like Bloodborne tells a story, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty solidly done story. Like it's in its own little world. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. There's not a lot of tendrils that leak out. Like it's just a great little. Mm-hmm. It's not great. Like some. <laughs> it's not small, but I mean, like it's it's just a real interesting like world in and of itself. Yeah, the world building there, like every level you feel has some connection to the rest of it. And uh, some levels in Dark Souls, you feel it's just like, you know, oh, this is the fire level, this is the poison level, this is the uh, castle level. You know what I mean? Like they somehow, even though they are connected lore, uh, thematically and lore-wise, and lore but uh, I don't, they're not that fleshed out cohesively, I, I think. If I'm trying to explain it correctly, maybe. You know, um, 
you know, you know what I'm what I'm getting at, right? I do. Yeah. No, I understand exactly. Yeah. It, it really feels like you're going through a world that was there before and not a video game level. Yeah, like, something. Stuff like the forest, like actually feels organic. Like it feels like a real forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What are you, uh, you, you said you were invading this morning. Are you, uh, are you completely done with Dark Souls 3 at this point now that it's been out for about a month? Uh, yeah, I, I got the game and I hope someone doesn't sue me or get me in trouble. I got the game a week early. Broken Street disc. <laughs> I can't. When uh, when Bamco was giving out games and copies of the game a month early, like I'm not going to get mad at you for <laughs> an early copy. I promise you. I uh, I because uh, I live in the Middle East, and what happens is every all the games come out like earlier, um, especially if it's a hype game. Like uh, Grand Theft Auto Five was leaked like ten days before the official launch, and people are paying extraordinary yeah, heard, amount of money. I've heard this. Because um, people write into uh, the Giant Bomb podcast and they've talked about this. Like they've talked about where they just get a lot of games super early because people don't really care about. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna deny yeah. them games because you can only buy games in so many places. Yeah, like for example, again in, over here, like we live in such a law, lawless. I want to say it's like the Wild West, but I mean, if I got the game leaked, who's gonna, no one's gonna come and catch me because there's no official channels here. Like Bamco doesn't have an office here. Sony doesn't have an office yeah. here, so. There's no one to control it. It's basically whoever gets the game can sell it. And they can sell it at any price. I bought it like about $20 more expensive than it, than retail price. Uh, yeah, because it was a week early, early and you wanted to play the game. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like, <laughs> I, would, I would do exactly the same thing. <laughs> so I got the game I earlier. Totally, yeah. I went 10, 10 to 7 days earlier than the official launch on the 12th of April. Okay. Um, I, I've played it on three characters and I've I think it was pretty short as a game. I think because uh, someone like me, not just me, like a lot of people in the community have played these games to death. Like they know what to expect. They know what, how to, oh, you know, now you have to pull up the shield. Oh, there's an ambush here. There's probably a wall here, an illusionary wall. Uh, I know what this Titanite uh, shard, how to upgrade my weapons. I know what build I want. So these things make the game feel shorter. And I, my first playthrough, believe it or not, blind, and I did as much as I could. I think I finished it in less than 30 hours. Um, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people gave me a bad... I, I posted that on Reddit once, and I, everyone was like, yeah, you're just like running through. You look through guides. You look, you were cheating. You didn't explore. I'm like, well, I did do all of that. I got most of the, the trophies and, and all that time. Of course, the trophies that are, one, mm-hmm. are like, collect all the rings and collect all the whatever. Miracles. Yeah, I'm not, of course not. But I mean... Uh, I do feel Dark Souls 3 feels shorter, and I did finish it on three characters, and now I have nothing else to do. I'm just doing PvP. But PvP even, um, I'm sure you guys talked about it, is that there's so many weapons in the game, but there's not that many build options, which is, again, one of the things, like everyone's running a Dark Soul sword, or everyone's running a stock mainly. So there's not that much variety, even though there are more weapons than Bloodborne, for example. But everyone's not. Everyone's just running for the. You know, let's just get the quickest kill, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it's been my disappointment with it. That's the reason I've been sticking with uh, low level PvP invasions. Yeah. Too, and even I tried get uh, as much of that. I tried low level. I feel like with high level stuff, yeah, exactly. it's, it's a little bit more frustrating. I tried like a low level PvP character for uh, you know the the swamp area, and um, mm-hmm. I just feel it just takes too long like, to invade and look for them, and then they're always with someone, and your weapon doesn't do that much damage. 
Um, so it's not, it didn't it like grip me that part, like low level invasions. Uh, I'm not saying I like to twink or anything, but I mean, yeah. it should be fun for you as well. Uh, like at least that you have a chance to, to have a good time. But invading the swamp area and the barren keep, they're just so large and like you always get lost and uh, they're on different parts of the map. So just that part is really boring, just getting to the person. So yeah, yeah, I don't like trying to track someone down in a level. Like it's that can be that can get real old real fast. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's why the hotspot is the pontiff uh, uh, area in Erythil uh, because that's just it's set up as an arena and just everyone's there basically. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I do. I've been spending a lot of time in the the area right after that, like with that right area right after the pontiff, mm -hmm. where and just getting summoned by the um, Audred's Covenant and having a like at level 50 and just having a really good time. Cause you, you have dudes on your, on your side, like it's a big area, but they're usually in one or two spots. Like it's easy to check. Like you didn't have some, yeah, I think that that's the best place in really the game. Weird. Indeed. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. If you've got the, uh, the cat ring that prevents fall damage, mm -hmm. it makes getting off those rafters a whole lot more fun. Cause you can literally just jump down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I, um, I, it's so much I've fun. used that for my other characters. I didn't get it on my first one. Uh, but I've been using that cat ring just to jump off things, and you know that. Yeah, you're right. Makes it much easier. Do you have a particular, uh, like, a favorite storyline or NPC that's happened in any of the games? All of them or Dark Souls Three? Really? I, I mean, are we talking just Dark Souls Three or all of them? Oh, all of oh, them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, in, a lot across any of the games. I, I've got a couple that really stick to me. Um, I like the. Um, well, Dark Souls 1 for sure had the best NPC lines, uh, quest lines, that's for sure. Uh, most of the characters are very memorable, and uh, it's come to the point, like, Solaire is the, the fan mascot of the game, you know? Oh, I know. And even minor characters, like Tarkas, Iron Tarkas, he has no dialogue, but he's become, like, another mascot of the game, you know? Uh, but I think, uh, for example, I'm trying to remember from Demon's Souls, the Ostrava line was really good. I like that one because you had to actually follow yeah. him from the level, first level to the very end. Uh, and then when I, because my first character in Demon Souls was a quality character, and he had the pure clear stone, which gives you the plus ten uh, quality mm -hmm. weapon. I didn't know that till I till my second playthrough, and I'm like, I really wanted that to, to help my my uh, my weapon. This is the only way to get it. Uh, <laughs> if I knew that earlier, <laughs> I, um, and I also I found that the Eileen quest line. And Bloodborne and the Alfred questline are really they're really good stand they stand out really well. I really Alfred's questline specifically because they build him up to be a, a very I mean he's even the same voice actor as Solaire yeah. like they they're telling the player like hey this is going to be your buddy you can summon him he's going to be your friend and then at the end of it they completely subvert that and he just goes totally insane yeah, and crazy I, and I, I, I love like it. it's that's really fun <laughs> yeah exactly like that whole twist. Um, just how he's, he's there and he just like rips apart the, the Vile Blood Queen. That was like a huge shock. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, that was <laughs> just, and with that weird, like, that dialogue is so good too, like, with the weird cackling and the, the noise. Mm -hmm. um, like, that's just, it's so weird. Yeah, it, it kind of it shows you how, <laughs> how, uh, yeah, how fanatic he was. Um, yeah, it shows his zealotry towards, uh, you know, Martel or Garius and everything. So that really stood out for me, honestly. And it kind of, you might find it funny, but I actually found it kind of relatable because I live in a world where uh, fanaticism is uh, is rampant. 
Mm-hmm. So when he did that laugh and you find out what's really going on and how his uh, zealotry for the executioners, I'm like, well, this kind of hits home because I, I, I see that all the time here on like the news and, you know, people are like very passionate about their sort of, uh, ideology that takes it very violent and a very aggressive nature so i kind of felt mm-hmm. it i'm like yeah i know where you're where he's coming from because i've seen it uh that was interesting plot line for dark souls 3 uh, the, the sieg word uh siegmeier 2.0 uh <laughs> yeah yeah that whole quest line is one of my favorite things that was game. a good quest line but other than that i don't think there's anything the, the, the serious quest line was okay but I just didn't feel like there was too much story behind it. Just a bunch of summons. Yeah, it didn't. Her quest line is interesting because it feels like it should be more of a payoff, but like they don't really build up the Hodrick character enough in my mind. Like I don't. It, it's possible to just totally miss him entirely, mm-hmm. and him being her grandfather just never like hit home for me at all. Like I was like, okay, well, I don't. I don't really know why she's doing anything. I don't know why her or he's doing anything, mm-hmm. much less than why they have to kill each other. Yeah. Like none of this really makes sense. Now why to did me, she have so. to kill Creighton? Uh, I don't know that either. Yeah, yeah, like that that whole thing is kind of weird. And you know, if you help her against him, he invades you and, and Ithril later. Like that's that whole thing is just like mm-hmm. I want more information. The DLC needs to come out and just give me more and more stuff. I think the DLC will come out and give us a lot more answers. I think. Just like Bloodborne and uh, Artorius. Yeah. Dark Souls 2, I w- I'm, I'm not that big on the on the lore or the NPCs there, honestly. I don't. None of yeah, them. Yeah, well, they don't. They kind of. I mean, with the exception of one or two, like there's not a whole lot of meat on those bones. Yeah. Like it's it's just mostly people forgetting stuff, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of curious um, because most of the people that I have on this podcast and most of the people that are on the internet that talk about Dark Souls or the, in the Souls community are primarily like Western focused. Like they're all based in the U.S. or they're in Europe or, or what have mm-hmm. you. Being in the, the Middle East like you are, and just like you mentioned that quest line with Alfred, is there anything else that is kind of like a different take or anything that's that's that you see people talking about but that you take differently because of where you are in the world? Um, basically just those couple of things. Um, the, the Dark Souls series is very much based on Western uh, influences and aesthetics like knights and castles and dragons. and It has that Japanese video game uh, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, from, from like... Um, other major themes and everything um, not really other than those kind of connections that you find but no yeah, nothing really the, the small stuff we talked about earlier yeah, I, and I, 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 I think I'm the biggest Souls fans from the Middle East I could be mistaken but I've not seen I've not <laughs> seen anyone else like talk about it that much from my part of the world so um, actually there are a couple of guys we yeah, have I, here we do some dueling and everything but not as passionate as I am like you know lore wise and all those things yeah, then they get way into it like you do. Mm-hmm. I feel that way too, except um, I happen to live in the same town that uh, Pete Peterson lives in. So like, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be the area's biggest Souls fan. <laughs> like, I can't compete with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really cool, though. I can't compete with the guy that you know streams for 48 hours straight without without break. sleeping <laughs> or eating or whatever. Yeah, that's, that dude's insane. <clears throat> I, I, applaud, I applaud them, anyway. uh, honestly. Um I would love to do that, but I don't have the patience to do so. I've, you know, I've done a limited amount of streaming, and the longest I've ever streamed for was for like four hours, which was mm-hmm. for uh, like the Duck Feed community did a uh, charity stream, okay. and so I signed up and we did uh, Salt and Sanctuary with my buddy Cliff, mm-hmm. and uh, that was really really fun. 
But man, after four hours, like I was done. I didn't want to do anything anymore. And, and, and the <laughs> like, thing is, when you're streaming, like, and if you have a lot of followers, that you're you're actually expected to stream almost every day because that's what people are yeah. they're following you from, and they're paying money, so they need their money's worth as well. So uh, so it becomes a job, and I don't like that. I'd like to have my video game time to be my pastime and my hobby, and not like my full time job. As a, it could, absolutely, because I play yeah. music as well. And um, I love playing. I've been playing music for 15 years. I live. At, I, I live. I'm like Hannah Montana. You know, I have two separate lives, two separate things. <laughs> Can I title the episode uh, Hannah Montana just to confuse yes, everybody? Yes, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, because I play music, and I play video games. These are my my two hobbies, and I try to intertwine them in all my day to day life. Um, because I play gigs, I've been, I'm in bands, I've played many places. Um, so uh, I, I would really love to just keep these as hobbies. And I, whenever mm-hmm. I, got, I get a contract to perform with some certain band that requires my commitment, like for example, this week you have three rehearsals and then you're expected to be at the gig on time and do this. Then I feel, oh, this is not fun. I'm doing a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, like this is work at this point, and I know hobbies can be work, but this is not what I signed up for. Yeah, because I right? want to, like, because I, if I want to take some, make some extra money, I would like to do it on my terms. Like, I want my record an album of me performing, uh, of mm-hmm. my gigs. I don't want to do it for someone else. You know what I mean? It's it's just one of those things that humans are never satisfied. I think it's the nature of humanity. Maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Do you, uh, have you put any, have you ever taken any kind of influence from the soul's music, like as a musician? Uh, no, because like I, um, I, find them... I play uh, blues music, so uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't do orchestras or anything like that, so uh, there's nothing I can use yeah. into my music. I think they should get away from the orchestras for a little while, and like, whatever next game that they do, I'm a little bit bombasted out, like, but, all of the but music. But don't, don't you think if they did it something together. like Castlevania, and they did like a techno rock, it, it would still feel off, though. Yeah, I guess I just I look at like what they did in with Demon Souls and like how, like I always go back to the one piece of music in the um, Adjudicator fight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which which sounds like super, like I always want to say queasy, like it just sounds like weird and interesting, and of course the the Lady Astraea music like with that crazy like sound to it, like that everyone. I think it was, it's, it's like some kind of the harp or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I, you're right. The Demon Souls soundtrack is amazing. I think it's because it's a lot mm-hmm. mi- more, mi- yeah, more exactly. subdued than the rest of the others. The others are like really out there. I just every time you walk into a boss fight in Dark Souls two and three, like it just feels like okay, there's like there's like eighteen thousand <laughs> choruses around you that all chanting, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. The guy, it's a big deal that I'm in a boss fight. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. I just I wish they would restrain themselves on the music side. I think a, a nice. Uh, <laughs> song from dark souls 3 is the deacons uh because that is more thematic and less epic uh, that makes yeah. sense and it actually fits that fight very very well like it's it, it's because that fight can be kind of confusing at first you're like what the hell is happening where are all these things coming from mm-hmm. like it, it's interesting yeah and I, it has that sort like, of the church uh, choir type thing to it so I, that mm-hmm. fits because you know it's, it's very taken uh, taken a lot of cues from catholicism i think so that, so the music fits as well. There's a lot more direct religious 
like overtones to the third game than there has ever has been in, in the series before. Like actual, like calling someone a pontiff obviously means something, but like mm-hmm. like deacons and like having so many popes in the game for whatever reason and pope <laughs> yeah, and the robes, and pope yeah. hats. Like it's it's yeah, it's, it's crazy. And archbishops it's really and archdeacons and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's weird. <clears throat> Well, Ali, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and uh, thank you so much for fighting me. through some of these weird technical issues. <laughs> no can you uh, can you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? And feel free to list as much as you want All to because right. um, I want to make sure you get it. I have, like I said, I'm Hannah Montana. I have two lives. I lead my music life and I lead my video game life. So if you guys want to see, follow me on my normal, my as myself, it's uh, at uh, Ali Sleek, which I think you'll mention it on your Twitter spelling. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll have a link in there. So because <laughs> uh, yeah, not, not many people were able to get the spelling. And then um, on my YouTube channel, which I host the Dark Souls stuff, is uh, Dark Blood Souls. So that's Dark Blood Space Souls. And I do uh, mainly PvP videos. And uh, I play blues music, which is again another thing to be weirded about from someone coming from the Middle East. My biggest influences are like Muddy Waters and. John Lee Hooker and all these uh, big Chicago, Mississippi uh, uh, blues musicians. So um, I think I should not be living here. I should be living over there somewhere in Louisiana. Isn't that what you think? You should come, you should come hang out in New Orleans. I definitely should. I've been to the States a couple of times. Uh, yeah. This is pre-9-11, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, re- I want to do a blues, uh, blues uh, pilgrimage. I want to go to Mississippi, Clarksdale, and then take a Greyhound bus to Chicago. Oh, this is something I really want to do. Oh yeah, and I got to go through Memphis. I mean, that's like kind of the, the you got to go through Memphis and do all of the crazy country music stuff in there. Like that's yeah. I'm, really I, I just hope I get a visa. I haven't applied in a while, so let's see how that goes. <laughs> well, if you're doing a blues tour and you're around Louisiana, ring me up and we'll I'll, I'll take you out and we'll get some beers and we'll do some crazy yes, stuff that we yes, do. Yes, we'll here. do that for sure. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I'm, I'm, I really love your podcast. I love everything you do. Uh, Thank you, man. That's, that's very nice. You guys to hear. are doing um, a, a great job. I'm, I'll, I'll let the other fellows know that as well. I've actually, uh, I think you guys mentioned me in one of your podcasts. I, I think you wrote in one time, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you mentioned it, and I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my moment of uh, celebrity for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, I think people would like, um, like, I, I don't know that people really understand that sometimes like you, you hear people all the time and then you don't have a chance to communicate back to them. Like, mm-hmm. especially with podcasting, you're listening to people all the time mm-hmm. and like you have that urge to talk back to them. And then it like the moment that you actually get to is, is so celebratory. Like it's so nice. Yeah. Like it's so awesome. It's one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast so I could talk to everybody. You know, like, uh, I'm watching to to a German spies playthrough of uh, dark Souls three right now. And, um, mm-hmm. Because you're watching it and you think it's live, but it's not really. So when he misses something, you're like, "No, you're not supposed to do that." Answer me. You know, like it's, he's already recorded it like a week earlier or something. Uh, speaking of German spy, actually, he made a video and he mentioned me in it um, because he made a chalice dungeon farming video, and I told him, "You know, there's another dungeon that's much better than the one you're using." And he made an addendum and he made the video just about that dungeon mm-hmm. and he said, "This is from Dark Blood Souls. Thank you for." giving me this insight. So that was another thing as well that made me feel uh, proud. <laughs> as a Super cool. Contributing-wise to the series. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
because of a, another guy, another, excuse me, another person that was on this podcast, um, I was in a, I had Vadi Vidya mentioned my, like just my first name in a, in a video. It <laughs> <laughs> was, and, uh, because she was the one that discovered that the, um, the winter lanterns in bloodborne were wearing all of the, the dolls outfit. Yeah. 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 And what was her name? I, yeah, I what yeah, was her the, name again? Emily. Yeah. 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 I've, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she actually, we, I recorded with her last week. She'll be coming out a little bit before this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. And just like off, cause I took the screenshots for, her, which I, it did not contribute anything besides screenshots. Like mm-hmm. she did all the work and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was just weird. Like I'm watching this body video video, and he's going over it, and then he says my name, and I'm like, "Well, it, I mean, it's just Jeremy, but like, that's weird. That's really weird. <laughs> it's a good feeling." <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, thank you very much, um, and you, you're doing a very great job. And I listen to your guy, you guys all, every time you guys make a podcast and everything. And I good luck with this one as well. Thank you very much. Uh, as always, I've been Jeremy Greer at JG Greer on Twitter, and you can find this podcast at DGUS Podcast on Twitter. If you want to tell your soul story and come on the show like Ali did, send me a DM um, to that Twitter account or send me an uh, email to DGUSpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and I hope you enjoyed the episode.
coming my way.